0: Welcome to the Pageant Planet podcast. We are very excited about today's call, but before we begin the interview, we have Jessie Ledoux, our queen of coaching with our product of the week. Jessie, tell us about the product that you discovered.
1: So this product came about through a VIP member's question. She had just finished competing for one particular pageant and she was looking to dip her toe in yet another which, of course, any pageant girl knows, once you try one, the bug gets you. So she was asking, how does she find another pageant opportunity? So I thought this was a great opportunity for us to feature um, our Find a Pageant tool through our directory. Uh, So the Find a Pageant feature of our website, which you can access at thepageantplanet.com or pageantplanet.com, is you can search a pageant based on your location, your date of birth, not just your age, because we know that those contracts can Uh, Vary by division and by system uh, and your interests. So perhaps you don't want a pageant that features swimsuit. Or perhaps you uh, want to make sure that there is definitely talent in the system that you're looking for. And it will generate automated personalized results based on those features.
0: Now, uh, out of this... uh I mean it sounds like it's very much just a directory, so what stuck out to you the most at, as far as usability of this feature and I mean, as a former contestant yourself, what stuck out to you is like, oh my gosh, love this part of of the find the pageant feature
1: Well, the best part is how personalized the results are because we know not one pageant fits all it's based on the values, um, the various. Uh, divisions of competition. Um, so being able to really pick and choose what you excel at most and what you identify with is, is really something special that nobody else has. And in addition to that, the other feature, um, because as I mentioned, sometimes pageant contracts are very confusing when it comes to age cutoffs, but we are the only feature online that allows you to enter your birth date and compare it with that particular pageant's restrictions um, and age guidelines.
0: Now, can you, If let's say if you're married or if it says like, do you have kids or if you're a male, male or female, all, all of those types of people can find pageants for them in this directory. It's not just for like the miss and the teen. Is that right?
1: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. This directory is for. Folks of all ages, all pageant experiences, all divisions, all demographics. Um, So it works pretty well for just about anyone. And like great, um, great point there, Stephen. Because some contestants, um, they either are married or they have a child, um, and this can help you weed out those pageants as well.
0: And um, like, is it just restricted to the United States? Is it? Does it include like Philippines or UK? I mean, all of that too.
1: So because many of the pageants are uh, user generated, so that means a a pageant director can actually go in and enter their own pageant. So there's no restrictions as far as location. It can be as granular as local um, to state, to national and to international. So there's no limit. Um, So that's a great point, too, is that if you're a contestant competing for a pageant and you find that your pageant is not listed in our directory What better way to show that director that you have initiative to be a spokesmodel for their organization and you're looking to recruit other contestants for them is to reach out and say, Hey, I noticed that our pageant is not listed on the pageant planet resource for the pageant directory. So, um, here's how you can do that free and simple.
0: That's awesome. So it is free. Um, are are there paid options too? I mean, I, I would assume.
1: Oh, absolutely. There are paid options that go further as far as sponsorship, and promotion within the pageant planet um article features and other means um but at the bare bones it's absolutely free just to get your pageant listed and for like i said many of our vip members that's the first place they go when they're looking for vendors or pageants
0: so great jesse thank you so much thanks steven welcome to the pageant planet podcast where we help you succeed in pageantry now here's your host steven roddy Hester Fletcher of Final Touch Consulting has experienced coaching winners in many systems, including America and USA. She's a full-service pageant coach, helping girls achieve their pageant dreams. As a coach, her goal is to make you the best you. She helps girls win the crown by creating the best versions of themselves possible, and she's going to share with us today just exactly how she does that. So, Hester, welcome to the call.
2: Good morning. Thank you.
0: Now, you hear people all the time, uh, coaches and directors, they say, be the best you that you can be when girls are competing in pageants or be the best version of yourself. What in the world does that actually mean for a pageant contestant?
2: Well, I think that a lot of times people get programmed um, along the way. They do little girl pageants, things like that. And then they get to an interview phase and then they're trying to interview and they do this repetition of question answering thing that um, turns into sounding like they're just a robotic um, girl and they're not getting out who they really are. And the real essence of interview, for example, is just talking to a set of adults that want to hear who you are. And so they don't want this robotic um, answer. They want you to Just be exactly who you are when you're with your friends. I mean, you can use great um, dialogue and professionalism with that, but they just want to hear you are. So when I work with girls, especially with interview, and I say, just be yourself. um, Sometimes we'll stop interview prep and just ask them to talk to me as if we were just talking on the phone in a normal setting or with their friends. And that's when I go, oh, there you are. That's you. This is the person they want to see. This is the smiling person that people want to hear from. And if the if girls could just relax and get over the fact that they're in a pageant or that they're pressured in an interview and just talk to people, people are more attracted to that.
0: Now, why do you feel like girls do that? Is it nerves or is it unprepared or is it because I mean when you go to a restaurant, servers walk up to the table and they have that server voice. Oh my god! Like, how are you guys doing today? It's like don't talk like that. So, why do you feel like girls do it in the first place? I think actually
2: think that they hear on stage question, and that's kind of a rehearsed answer, and so that's their first experience in a pageant. So they think that interview is the same way. So they hear it, they re- react to it, and then they're trained that way. And until they really go to someone that trains or works on interview with them, or if they see someone else's interview, they don't know what to expect. So they just spit out the exact thing that they're seeing it's just too much overkill if they would just just have a normal conversation then they'd realize that's what interview really is um and so that's what I try to do that's part of my prep is to pull out some interviews and say this is normal this is a great interview this is a not so great interview and then they can see what's you know, sometimes they don't even see themselves. Sometimes you should have them record themselves as long along the way as well.
0: So that helps. I think that that's a great strategy is to actually record yourself and then listen back, which is some of the most painful processes, especially <laughs> when you're in the beginning phase, when you're using that fake voice. But it is so valuable because, I mean, I listen back to the podcasts that I use and I notice that there are certain words that I say over and over again. and. Right. It will vary from week to week. And I think, what what where did that come from?
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right now. Right now it's 100%. Girls are saying 100%. And I'm going, where is this coming from? Who decided this was the word to use? (laughs) But I'm hearing that definitely. There's words like that. Um, I just don't even know where they're coming from. I just think they hear them on television, whatever. And then they decide that those are fun words.
0: One of the things that I hear that I always think it's both contradictory and it just It's a little bit of a pet peeve when girls are like, you ask them an opinionated question and they say, I definitely think so. (laughs) Those two together, it's like, either you know it or you don't. I definitely think. So I hear that one a lot too. but um,
2: That's exactly what um, I work with um, another person for my business, her name's Lisa Stokes and she's part of our interview prep team too. And she says that if you don't use a confident answer, they're not going to give you an, they're not going to evoke confidence. And the words like I think are not confident answers.
0: Agreed. And obviously you're telling us what you think. So you don't need to also <laughs> <laughs> point out the fact that you are stating your opinion, telling us what you think. Right. Now, since right. we are, so, since we are talking yeah. about the mental game, um about how to prepare and how to actually articulate what it is that the girls are saying when when girls are mentally preparing for interview what should their self talk look like
2: well you know when i i'm a nurse by trade and i'm an operating room nurse and i go into an interview the last thing you want me to say to you is Like you were saying, I think I can do a total joint repair. Um, I think I can. You have to sell who you are. You want me to go and say, well, I do total joints. I do total knees. I do back spines. You don't want, want me to say, I do. And so that preparation has to be, what do you do for this job that you're going into? Don't worry about all the other drama that's going on around you, whether it be hair, makeup, and all the other things. What do you do? That makes you the right person for this job and you might not be the right person for that job, but you have to sell yourself along the way and you have to figure out how to sell yourself. And a lot of people don't like to do that. So really think about it as a job that you're going in for. I want this job. I want to make sure that they pick me for this job. So what is it we're going to do to make sure that I do, if that's more work in your platform so that you believe in what you're selling, then that's what you have to do. Um, if that's more work, um, showing leadership skills and making sure your resume is solid, then that's what you have to do as well. So going in there with a solid picture of yourself and the job that you're applying for makes you a solid contestant going in.
0: Yeah. I mean, completely. And, with that, like a lot of the self-talk, I know I, I'm starting to read more and more books on this topic, but what I've realized is there's a background programming that's going on in my mind where mm-hmm. I'm walking down the hall, I'm checking an email, and something happens, and then this internal dialogue will start, like that right. self-talk. And so some of it might sound like, and it never says, Stephen, you're not good enough. The self-talk is... I'm not good enough or I'm awesome. It's always first person, right? It never comes Mm -hmm. at you third Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. and that so much of that stuff happens and it takes a certain amount of awareness to even be cognizant that is Mm -hmm. going on. How do you train these girls to first notice that voice and then Mm -hmm. course correct it?
2: Well, you know, I, I used to sit down on a lot of um, the great Don Baker's speeches when he came around and did visits. And one of the first things he said is when you play that movie in your head, that's your answer. That's your answer to your question, spit it out. Um, And I think that's the same thing as starting to train yourself to think like that when you're answering back and forth. But also when you hear that voice talking to yourself in a more positive way along the way. And if you really spend the time to improve yourself in the areas that you want to improve, whether that be interviews, swimsuit, anything. Um, You'll feel better about yourself and you'll know that you put in all the work 100% before you stepped on that stage. I don't think I would interview for a job that I was totally unqualified for. And so that's what you have to do is make sure that your qualifications match. And then you start talking to yourself a whole lot better. But we should also be kind to ourselves before we're, anyone else, because then you can spread that joy for yourself through everyone else along the way.
0: Hmm. Does personality play a part in how people should talk to themselves internally and kind of build themselves up?
2: Um, I think that it does, because I think that you see more self-confident people or self-aware people, um, you know, do talk to themselves a little better than others. They are proud of who they are. And so they you hear it all the time. But then there are others that quietly are proud of themselves and don't need to do that as well. But, you know, um, I'm not sure that that comes across in this kind of arena. Confidence matters in this arena. Hmm.
0: Well, what about like, is, is there certain personality types, maybe introverted or extroverted, etc.? Um, if you have one personality type, is it more challenging to somewhat overcome negative internal talk versus another personality type?
2: It it totally is. And I experienced it along the way with my own two daughters. Um, one was completely introverted and uh, in interview was the hardest part for her. And it wasn't because she wasn't good at what she was saying. She didn't believe what she had to say was okay. And the other one could say anything and interview was her strong suit. Um, and what we discovered with her after she became an adult was that, When she's experienced other kids that were in the same dilemma, shy, um, more introverted, she says to them, speak is not your first um, thing to think about, to say something. It's actually to listen to what others are doing. So when they start realizing that they have value because they can be good listeners and all those other things, that speak comes more naturally when it's time for them to talk, Um, and they believe what they have to say. Mm.
0: Well, like, and I noticed too, I mean, that's really an attitude of somebody that's service minded because she's mm-hmm. not focusing on what's happening internally on her of, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I hope I look okay. I hope I sound intelligent. She's just listening to what the other person is saying and then responds appropriately based on their questions. Right. So because the focus isn't on her, yeah, that makes total sense to me that she's going to be able to give a more authentic, genuine answer
2: correct and that and just depending on your five your panel of five and who's sitting there and what they believe is more genuine yeah love that because it's all subjective there's mm-hmm. no rules to pageantry that say this is the right way and this is the wrong way it's just subjective to what the five people and their experiences bring to that table as well
0: now as as the contestants are preparing for competition how in the world do they know when they've reached their personal best is there a mile marker
2: i I do think that they get to a point where they know that they're at the best they can and they can feel that you can see it they'll start texting you saying "I, i feel the best i can feel this is the best i could have done today and they're not walking away disappointed or sad Um, They're actually congratulating the person that won because then they start realizing that, like we said earlier, there's just five people with a subjective difference on what they like today. And when they walk away with that, they've they've won in their own mind. Um, They've done all that they can do. And they don't feel like they need to go any further than where they are. And they just continue on the path that they wanted um, then.
0: That's great. Now, you as the professional – is it true, do you believe in the saying that you're only competing against yourself in pageantry?
2: I do, but I don't, you know? Um, i You could defeat your own self before you got to the table. Um, I see moms doing it to their daughters all the time. They're just talking about everyone else that's in this pageant but them, but their daughter, and they're supposed to be the biggest cheerleader. But girls can do that to themselves as well. And I had a contestant one time who I was taking to the Miss America program as a local um, director. And she said to me this year, no other title holder has a name. We're not going to talk about any of the others. And so we would have to remind ourselves, Oh, you mean the girl that doesn't have the name, but we would, we did not focus on anything that um, was going on around her, just her and what she wanted to bring. And when she did that, she could focus on herself completely the whole time. So if, if you bring your personal best and you only worry about yourself, um, you won't beat yourself up along
0: the way. Hmm. Now, I, I know a lot of moms listen to our podcasts like for their daughters, and you know some of them are dealing with really young girls, so their daughters aren't even cognizant enough to like, reach out <laughs> yes. and you know, research it for themselves yet. Can you talk a little bit more about like what moms do to kind of destroy their girls' self-esteem, either on the pageant or leading up to the pageant?
2: Well, I think um, there's a lot of things that go on, but one of the things that you have to realize is you're a cheerleader, you're the coat carrier, you're the, you're everything, and you're you're gonna hug them afterwards if they don't win. That's what you're there for, um, and just to be proud of that time that you're spending with your kid. One of the things that I know that one of my daughters spent ten locals before she won a Miss America type type. Local and people kept saying, how are you doing this over and over again? And I said, how in the world am I ever going to get this time after she's 20 years old? I'm not going to get this time back that we spend in the car, in the hotel, talking about religion, politics, um, life in general as she prepares for this interview as she prepares for this pageant um, I get a chance to influence her life and I'm not going to get this back so I'm going to enjoy every second that I have with her in this car and in this hotel room and while I watch her on stage I'm going to cry every time I see her sing a song because I'm when it's gone, it's gone. And we still value those days. And that's what I tell my moms all the time. It's just value the time that you have. Don't worry about a hair out of place. Don't worry about all those things because that just makes them nervous along the way. And if you start staring and glaring at other girls, then they're going to start doing that too. just celebrate the kid that you have with you and who they are.
0: Love that. I love that. Now, um, well, being your personal best. And when a girl really is is this, she has that confidence that, okay, I did the best that I can. Will it help relieve some pre pageant stress?
2: If what? Like, I'm not understanding. Yeah. So
0: when a girl goes into the pageant believing, okay, I am, I, I've prepared and I am at my personal best, will that yeah. help relieve some of the pre pageant stress?
2: Right. And I think that's why they start using coaches along the way, because moms start to realize that they are going to add that stress along the way. So they'll start preparing with a coach instead, a third party that's not going to judge who they are on the day of the pageant um, that will just be another cheerleader in the background. And and that's when I start noticing, because I'll actually tell my moms along the way. On pageant day, everybody needs to warm up for interview. They need to get their motor running. Their answers are not right or wrong, and you're not going to make a face, judge, or anything that they say, but you're going to start asking questions on that day. So that preparation along the way helps them feel like they can do it without their mom doing it or with whoever that person is so that helps them along the way. But preparation is key, and if you don't prepare, you definitely are going to be there with any confidence whatsoever
0: completely now how important is first impressions in the planet of pageantry
2: i actually think that whatever is the first line of competition is your first impression
0: so you should make
2: sure that whatever that is is the best so let's say it's opening number and you walk out we know it's not judged but i'm going to remember whatever you did right that second If it's swimsuit preview, I'm going to remember that the most about you. That's going to be my first thought about you. So whatever is first should be, in your mind, your best effort to put the most effort into um, along the way.
0: Hmm. So any tips on – I mean this is going to be general and obviously it will vary based on whatever phase of competition is first. But how can a contestant ensure a positive first impression?
2: Yeah, you just got to take that time to get the nerves shaken out before you walk in. Um, know your order of competition before you go in so that you can think about that before you get there. Um, let's say it was open in number and it's not judged. And you were just thinking about wearing some uh, something you had in your closet. And then you realize, wait, this is the first time they get to see me. Make sure that that is pristine outfit that you're going into because they're not going to forget you. You know what? That was the girl that. I I hear them say, we had a girl recently that we took to Miss Virginia and her platform was an adoption. And I heard all the way through, oh, that was the platform girl that had adoption as her platform. They didn't forget that part. So whatever it is you want them to think is important, push that out there so they remember that about you all the way through. Something's memorable about you.
0: Which is so powerful in the America system that's, I mean, Mm -hmm. built on a platform. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of that, the the interview portion, how can a contestant make sure she comes across an interview that she's putting her best forward and this is just like her authentic self rather than looking like she's trying too hard?
2: (laughs) It's going to be hard. That takes practice and and it takes time. And so your first time you go into an interview – It might not be your authentic self because you're so nervous. Your knees are wobbling. But then that next time you go in, you get a whole sentence out. And so not giving up is the true character of this whole thing because uh, it might not be your best day when you go in there. And so today wasn't your day. You try again and again and again until you're successful, until you start feeling like you're in that comfort zone. Um, walking in an interview is tough and I think mock interviews is the most important thing you could do for yourself if you really are serious about interviews and that means more than just mock interviewing with one person mock interviewing with lots of people and having them sit in a panel in front of you um, is key and then thinking about that time frame that that interview is because there's a lot of Programs that the interview is six minutes, four minutes, two minutes, and I've even seen them with one minute. So what are you going to get out really quickly in one minute so they remember who you are?
0: Yeah. Good old national American Miss and their 60 second <laughs> interviews. <laughs> when you have a thousand girls competing though, I mean, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get through them. Right. Uh, well, and, and you, you mentioned this about your daughter. Uh, you didn't say which one, but I'm going to guess it was Emily that, um, that she, competed 10 times in the local before she ever
2: well, Yeah. yeah
0: and i feel like that's the biggest blessing of pageantry because mm-hmm. i mean as a business owner as an entrepreneur like nothing comes or has ever really come to me easy It's not come like, oh, you just try this thing and it's a success out the back. I mean, I've had to beat my head against the wall like the vast majority of my life to make Mm -hmm. it anywhere. And Mm -hmm. if you can do that in pageantry, those skills are so transferable. So, I mean, public speaking, I remember being so nervous my very first time giving a public speech. I couldn't even get the words out. My my voice was quivering so bad. And now I basically do it weekly, right? and Um, so for the girls that are nervous walking into interview, I mean, keep at it because that's going to make you so tenacious on the inside that you'll be unstoppable when you get right. out of high school and out of college. And that's ultimately the biggest right. crown that you receive in, in, in right. pageantry. So a little well, soapbox I- there.
2: Yeah, she's tick- she tickles me because she had the worst problem with that, but yet she's the bank manager where she works now. And she said every time she goes for a promotion and interview, they say to her, you have the best interview. I just can't get over how young you are with this interview. And so we always get a good chuckle out of it along the way because she knows where it came from.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I- I always say, woe is the man or the woman who has to interview against a pageant girl because you will (laughs) lose every time, every time. (laughs) Exactly. Now, uh, some girls, uh, speaking of interview and all this, they practice so many times and wanting to be their best that they come across too rehearsed. In in your coaching and in your experience, how do you teach the girls how to avoid this?
2: Well, you know, I we actually... We'll run a question if they come across very pageanty, then I'll almost play that back to them, you know, in my voice of what they sounded like. And then they'll go, is that how hey, you really talk to your friends? And they'll go, no. And I'll go, okay, well, answer it for me like that. We do the same thing with walking in heels. <laughs> do you walk like that normally? <laughs> it's just showing them who they are and what they sound like makes them go, you're you're right. I'm not being myself. And when you can break that down and sometimes it takes a while for them, get that out. Um, When you get them in that comfort zone, that they're back to where they are in their own human being self, then they uh, start to relax and get out of that zone. Um, But it takes time and you only repeat what you hear. Like we talked about earlier.
0: Yeah. And as a judge, you get secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> wait When you're seeing the girl walk or talk like that, you do. It's it, it's uncomfortable, right? <laughs> and, and, and I I love how you do. You record it and you play it back for them to to watch, so that they can watch and listen to themselves. Right. Um, that's that's awesome. Now, what if someone's personal best has been achieved, but they still fall short of winning the crown? Like, what should their self talk look like then?
2: Well, you know. I usually have this talk with their moms cause they start with me kind of early. And so, and that we had this talk then. Um, but if I get an older girl, um, I really talk to them about why are you doing this at all? Are you doing this to win a crown? If that's so, that's fine. Are you doing this because you want to promote your platform? Why are you here? Um, do you just love to win? That's fine too, but let's figure out why you're there. Because if, You're here just to win and not to get better or to better better yourself. You may be a very disappointed person along the way. Um, But if you're there to win and you win a lot, you you might not be. But you're going to get some disappointments in life in general too. So, I mean, I think you have to really look at why you want to do this. And every time you enter something, why is this one important to me? Why do I want to do this? Maybe this one's practice for a big one, and that's why you're here. But then you won't have that personal disappointment every time it doesn't work out for you. Um, and then I like them to look back and see how a year looks. Um, I take pictures and show them what this is what you looked like at the beginning when you came to me. This is what you looked like after you did your state pageant. Look at the difference in you and look what you've come, how far you've come. You didn't win, but um, only one person gets to win. But look what you did win along the way.
0: With me, and I can only speak from my personal experience, when I fail, a lot of times I'm fine within that, you know, few hour period right after. But (laughs) then when I get home and I get alone, sometimes the negative thoughts start and you start to overanalyze. Uh So how do you stop that within your contestants? Because they might be fine when they're surrounded by you and their parents or boyfriend or whatever that's like, oh, no, babe, you did great. Like. You know, nothing nothing wrong, and then they get home, and the negativity starts.
2: Well, sometimes I try to go back and see what what we could control and what we couldn't control. You know, sometimes there's external circumstances that you can't control. Um, when you're in the pageant, you know, you you look at the panel, you can tell they're totally not about you. I've got a girl who is so Republican, and she's so politically driven, and she looked at her panel, and they were not, and she knew that it wasn't going to work out for her and she couldn't really be herself or she felt like she couldn't really be herself. And so we look at those things and say, well, you know what? That just wasn't your panel this time. Um, and then break apart what we thought happened. And um, then sometimes they can get some realization over time. I mean, everything is not easy. And sometimes they text right away. What happened? What happened? And then the next day I get an apology. I shouldn't have been talking to you like that. Um, It's okay to do that. You know, you have to have someone to feel safe to do that with. And so that's what we do too. You know, part of it's what we do is help you break down what, what would have or should have been different. Um, And then if there wasn't anything we could have done differently, then accepting what the fate was.
0: Yeah. So when you hire Final Touch Consulting, you not only get a coaching team, but you also get an emotional punching bag if things don't go right after. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it one-stop really, shop. She
2: did. She apologized the next morning. I shouldn't have punched on you like that. And I said, I would have rather you done that to me than your mom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> indeed.
2: That's fine. Um,
0: so for all the girls that are listening, I mean, they they vary in the forms of... um experience and systems and age. So if you could kind of sum all of this up into like one piece of advice that you would encourage all those girls out there um, who are preparing to compete, what would that best piece of advice be?
2: So just like when you go into a class for college, you get a syllabus. And uh, when you look at the syllabus, it tells you exactly what to do on there to get an A. And a lot of times that same stuff comes out for pageant. You get their rules, you get their job description, you get all these things that you should know what you're getting into. Um, know that really well. Know that inside and out. And take that to you, to whomever it is you practice with. And then you won't be surprised because the element of surprise is what throws a girl so fast is when they didn't know they we're going to have an on stage reaction. Well, it was written right there on that piece of paper that um, we had, and then they're not prepared. So, preparation is key, but knowing what to expect before you go into a situation is 100% the best way to prepare for a pageant. Whether you use your mom, your family, your coach, your best friend, um, take the time to prepare, uh, whatever that looks like for you. And if you don't and you don't succeed, then look back at the end of the day and say, what did I need to do differently? And let me make sure that's better next time. That's
0: great. Now, Hester, I know that all the listeners, they can find more out about you, final touch consulting by going to the pageant planet and then just going to the directory and clicking find a coach. But if they want to go directly to your website or the social media profiles that are you, you are most active on, how can they do that?
2: So we do have a website. It's final touch Com, Um, but we also of course have a Facebook page and we have a Twitter account and we have an Instagram and I think I know how to use Snapchat. Okay. <laughs> 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 but they're all listed under final touch, um, coaching or final touch consulting, one or the other, whatever we were allowed to use. Um, but, We're out there, and I think I've linked most of that up that way. And if you ever want to book with us, I use Visibook, and it's a a website-based program where you can book right on our schedule where we're available, and you don't have to email me back and forth. And so those links are as well on our Facebook page and Instagram things as well.
0: So great. Hester, once again, thank you so much for the advice. Ladies that are listening, listen, do, apply, and hire Hester. Thank you. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.